Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. A reading. Yes, another reading. From the book of the prophet Julia Sugarbaker. Yes, that Julia Sugarbaker, from, the one from TV's Designing Women. Julia said, I'm saying this is the South. And we're proud of our crazy people. We don't hide them up in the attic. We bring them right down to the living room and show them off. See, no one in the South ever asks if you have crazy people in your family. They just ask what side they're on. <laughs> Today, more than one of our actual readings is about family. The good, the bad, and the crazy. In our Old Testament reading, we remember the first occurrence of marital strife. God says to the man, have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man says, the woman whom you gave to, to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate. Way to throw the wife under the bus, my brother. Some unsolicited advice, gentlemen, don't do that. Moving on to the Gospel. We are in the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and Jesus' ministry is in full swing. Jesus has exercised demons, healed the sick, and preached so powerfully that he has to preach from a boat and leave the crowds on the shore so that the mass of humanity will not overwhelm him. And in the third chapter, Jesus decides to go home. And there he finds several groups of people ready to greet him. Some have already accepted that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the one foretold to save the world. But others are confused. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Who are these ragtag bunch of followers who follow him around and hang on his every word? And the worst are his family. When Jesus arrives, they go out to restrain him. For people were saying he has gone out of his mind. The religious authorities pile on after they arrive soon after. They say he has Beelzebul, another name for Satan. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And finally, if the scene were not crowded enough, the last to arrive is his, mo brother, is his mother, Mary, and his younger siblings, and they too ask to see Jesus. Quick side note, can you imagine having Jesus as your older brother? Supper time must have been really awkward. Jesus, how was your day? 
Well, I saved the world from sin and death. Super. And how about you, Simon? Returning to the gospel. To all of these, his followers, the doubters, the Jewish authorities, his extended family, his immediate family, and probably some onlookers and rubberneckers, Jesus says, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother and sister and brother." At first glance, this may seem rude, a rebuke of his beloved family, but it's not a rejection or a slight, but a widening of the family of God. This is a theme that's repeated throughout the gospel, that the good news is not just for Jesus' contemporaries or the the Jews or those who look like us, but for all people, or as Julia would say, all y'all. Remember the parable of the sower, which amazingly appears in the fourth chapter of Mark immediately following this scene. Jesus says, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, and when the sun rose, it was scorched. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. To the experienced farmers who heard Jesus' story, they would have been baffled. They might have concluded that Jesus was crazy. Seed is valuable, and the judicious use of your limited supply directly affects your bottom line, the harvest, and whether your family will have a roof over their heads and food on the table. To just toss seed all higgledy-piggledy was madness. But that's the point. We are all different types of soil, and if you're like me, our soil changes from day to day. But regardless, the word of God and the love of God reigns upon us. And Jesus calls us to be his sisters and brothers. For all will be incorporated into the family of God. And that regardless of our differences, regardless of our disagreements, regardless of who we cheer for on Saturday, who we work for on Monday, and who we vote for on Tuesday, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And, newsflash, family is hard. I wish I could end the sermon there and we could all process out into the world singing Sister Sledge's We Are Family. But that isn't what family is like, is it? If your people are like my people, we put the fun in dysfunction. We idealize family like something out of a Norman Rockwell, but frequently it is more like a Jackson Pollock. In other words, a hot mess. And when we find ourselves in conflict with our sisters and brothers, we can easily get angry, resuscitate old grievances and slights, dig in our heels, use rhetorical weapons that will hurt the most, and fall prey to the temptation to turn our back on the other. Family, for some, can be a dark word 
in a dark place, for it is a place of pain. But as Christians, as followers of this Jesus, we are to see each other not as strangers, but as neighbors, as brothers and sisters. And the gospel, especially the gospel of Mark, gives us direction in how to attempt this difficult task. For as we strive for familial unity, as we attempt to see each other as brothers and sisters, as we long for the reign of God, we must always remember first and foremost to love. Not this is right and that is wrong, or she is right or he is wrong, or mom loved you best or dad loved you best. But how can I best love my sister and brother in this moment? Following the example of Jesus. As Christians, we are called to treat one another with respect, kindness, and recognizing that the person in front of me is made in the image of God. And that can mean being a bit more humble, swallowing our pride, and loving a lot more. But through prayer and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, trying our best but trusting in God, we will move forward to that eventual and blessed unity of all of God's people. We are family, even the crazy ones, even the ones like you and me. Amen.